We're putting the band back together. Forget it. No way. We're on a mission from God. Would you welcome? I came in too hot. Let me try that again. <laughs> <laughs> like a freight train. that you sent out beforehand that you apparently didn't read mm. and uh, aren't actually <laughs> asking. There's one question on there that I'm going to hijack your interview again and bring it up. Absolutely. I think it's relevant. You asked, um, what is the best piece of advice anyone's ever given you? And yes. there, I'm, I'm going to go with there's two that I have taken from my early Hocus Pick days that I that I took as serious pieces of advice and have been lifelong mottos of mine. I have stuck with these two all my life, and they have served me very, very well. One of them, um, very early, very, very early in Hocus Pick, advice from Rich Mullins, don't ever wear a suit. If Don't let anyone make you wear a suit if you damn well don't want to. <laughs> you guys remember that one? Yep. Oh, yeah. We showed up to some event in a suit and played in suits because they told us it was formal. And then Rich was there and he was like, why are you wearing a suit? No, I'll, 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 I'll interject quickly. We didn't play. Oh, that's right. That was we the didn't. thing. No, Roberto told us to wear suits to, <laughs> to this, <laughs> to this word record thing. And then yep. they introduced us to Rich as kind of a mentor thing. And that was his thing. He's like, why are you guys playing tonight? Oh, I know why you're not playing. You're wearing suits. Yeah. And then that, that came from okay, that. So, Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Don't ever, don't, don't let anyone make you wear a suit if you don't want to. And so that's been a good motto of mine. I don't wear suits too often. Um, and the other one was, and, and this one, Rick, I got from you. Uh -oh. um, so a lifelong lesson I learned from Rick Calhoun. You never know what you can get. If you don't ask, always ask, mm -hmm. yep. ask the craziest, ask the, ask people for anything 
and chances are better than you think you will get it. And I think that was a lot of the success of Hocus Pick. Um, I remember Eddie DeGarmo, the the record exec of um, Forefront Records, coming up to me once at a mm-hmm. festival and going, how does your stupid little band get all the big tours? <laughs> he, used, he, he, used, he used the word stupid? He actually used the word stupid. I think maybe he didn't use the word stupid, but it was implied. It was implied. It was like, you guys are peons. You're nobodies in this industry. How is it that you got the, you keep getting the big tours that we're trying to get on and they give them to you? And I say, and the only answer I had was, we asked. And he's like, well, we asked too. And I was like, I guess our ask was better. I can tell you at least one or two backhanded compliments I got from Eddie DeGarmo at, at Cornerstone one year or something else. And it sounds like you got kind of a backhanded compliment. Like, how dare you persist? How dare you be at this level and get these opportunities? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, because you shouldn't, because you shouldn't, I, I not because you're not talented, that, but because you shouldn't. Yeah. That kind of became our theme for like, it's how we operated. Like ask, ask, ask sure, DC yeah. talk if we can go on tours. Yeah. Let's phone up DC Talks management and ask if we can get on their management. And like, it was ridiculous, but we would ask. Uh-huh. And and it was Rick, who was the ballsy one, who'd be like, let's just ask. Let's <laughs> see if we can get the phone number and call them at home. And I'm like, what? You can't do that, Rick. And he'd be like, sure we can. So That was, no, that was the philosophy no. I used when I, when I contacted you the other day. I said, <laughs> can't hurt. I don't know. Are they still talking to each other? I don't know, but it can't hurt to ask and find out yeah, because I try I'd like and, to know what I they're up to. I try and instill this advice to my children. Uh-huh. And, you know, my, my, my daughter is an aspiring musician. She's making a little record and stuff. But there's a producer she really wants to work with, yep. but she's too scared to ask. And I keep telling her over and over and over again, he will produce your record if you ask. Yep. He yep. won't if you don't. Right. Yep. In, no, in an age like when you can reach out to the producer and actually talk to them directly and get their feedback and find out. Sure. They're like Instagram friends. Now, yeah. Or they can do it. Or they can do it remotely. T- tempering Matt yeah, with yeah. what you said. I think the, the, uh, I do, and see if you remember this, Russ, um, we would temper it though with, uh, I remember the first pre-production meeting for the squint tour, uh, with Steve and everyone. And it got to this, and it was back when Dakota was on on the tour, yeah, or gonna be on the tour, and right. so the Jonesy and whoever else, when they got to this point where they're kind of like, "Hey guys, you know what? What are you know what are some of your wants and you know deal breakers, needs, blah 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 for the tour? Any dietary restrictions? Anything? Blah blah blah." And uh, Dakota, you know, Peter King had a list of, "I well, I won't eat." this and i won't eat that or you know and and we need this and that and they had this list and it was i mean they asked for it so they just gave their list and it was totally fair and then they got to us and we're like well are you gonna are you gonna beat us every night is there gonna be canings and they're like uh no and we're like cool (laughs) then we're good we're all good (laughs) our threshold is low i think it might have it's probably john i just remember somebody like the next day calling us and saying do you know how many points you guys scored yesterday and they were just like they were glow like i don't know we our stock went up with 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 the organization yeah. with uh was his name miller um norman miller and yeah and uh, and steve and everything and they just 
you know, we, we knew when to ask for things and we also knew when to just be super easygoing and, and, you know, and laugh and, and read the room kind of thing. And I think that was, you know, and again, that's the four, the four guys. Um, and, uh, any anyways any any time to talk stories about steve that was a highlight for me too matt like matt said <laughs> i felt like we i peaked there i could have stopped any time after the squint tour because um for me it was was that was a squint tour and then for me watching from a distance early 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 in hocus picks career we we got to do a couple shows with randy stonehill okay. and yeah and we got and we got to be his band for a few songs yeah and i just I remember just being so stoked for Matt because I I knew one I, guy in the world that was a huge Randy Stonehill fan. Yeah, and it was that great. was the peak. Like Randy was my like, like I grew up learning Randy songs. That's why I decided mm-hmm. to play the guitar. And then I so then I was like I got to play in Randy's band and and sing BGS with him on stage and I kind of peed myself a little. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, again, if the tour is sponsored by Depends, it's great. <laughs> it's amazing. So that, that you've kind of answered one of my questions is, was there a time in the band when you were somewhere on stage or hanging out, talking to somebody where you thought, what am I doing here? Like, <laughs> like, what am I doing here? How did I get here? This is yeah, a remember that Chattanooga show. Yeah. <laughs> in a good way or a bad way. <laughs> I think we drove 12 hours to play that Chattanooga show. And I think I remember thinking, why did I do that? Why am I here? <laughs> Russ, did you feel like that when Dave kicked you in the nuts? Yeah, I wondered what we were doing. Yeah, there were a lot of questions in that moment. Was that on stage? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, it wasn't on purpose, but or, it was. Or was it metaphorical? This is oh, bringing no, it was, up. Oh, uh, this is real. This is bringing up the fact that there is a fourth member of Hocus Pick. His name is Dave, and he's not a part of this conversation tonight. Do you want to take a minute to remember him? Uh, we remember you, Dave. I think Why he's just busy. He's still anybody alive. A, Let's don't be sad. He's Dave, still alive. Anybody have a Dave story they want to share? Well, well I, was, I think I was because he's to not here up for that one. Yeah, I think, <laughs> and and this is part of his penance for what happened. So let's just go ahead and do it. Uh, it was, it was. I think it was a coffee house in Indiana uh, when we did a little a little sound check there. We realized how small the stage was, and when we used to play the song Sofa Logic, we would uh, Matt and Dave and I would do this little thing where we kind of face one way and bounce on one foot kick your foot forward kick your foot back and then spin around whatever so when we did the sound check we said to each other like let's be careful tonight there's not a lot of room on the stage we don't want to hit each other and impale each other with guitars let's just be careful like okay good so we're all good when we got to the actual show so for logic comes around rick starts playing the beat the three of us in the front we start doing the little you know kick forward kick back and i kicked backward and i felt that i hit something so when I spun around, I could see Dave kind of stumbling backwards. And then I realized, oh, I must have kicked oh. Dave. Oh, oops. And I remember thinking in the moment, like, oh, wow, well, yeah, that's, that's dumb because <clears throat> we're supposed to be careful. And I wasn't and all that, whatever. But I had actually hit him square in the nuts. So <laughs> Dave, from his perspective. I mean, we can laugh now. Yeah. Dave, from his perspective, he's like, you just kicked me in the nuts. You spin around and now you're laughing about it. And he was embarrassed, so he looked me in the eyes and kicked me in the nuts. Oh, gee. So now Dave and I are hunched wow. over, l- l- staring each other down uh, because we just kicked <laughs> each other in the nuts. And and Rick, you had the best perspective, I think, from it, being on the, in the back there on the drums, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. No, no. I, I watched the whole thing happen. And 
and the way they're staring each other down, all I could think was like, oh my gosh, they're going to fight. <laughs> this isn't good. <laughs> like, on stage, in front of an audience. It's a, it's a hockey game. I went to a concert and a yeah, hockey game I was game completely broke oblivious to the whole thing. I was doing my little dance over in the corner, and then the bass dropped out, and then I turn yeah. around doing my little dance, and they're, they're, they're like hunched over staring at each other. I'm like, what's going on? <laughs> Looks like they're going to yeah. fight. That was a good moment then of then just moving on. You know, you, you got to be professional. Show must go on and do the song and do the set. And then as soon as we're like out away from the public, it's like, dude, what the heck? <laughs> what? Eye for an eye. <laughs> well, and, I, and to be to be fair to Russ, I, I, you know, the ruling from the drum set was Russ's was an accident. Dave looked Russ in the eyes and did it on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> yes yes one was in, again from the legal standpoint one was non-intentional and the response yeah, was, the line was crossed. so there is culp- there's culpability there's culpability on the intentional <laughs> act there's still time to charge him there's a, okay i don't know i don't know what the statute of limitations is in bc but in ontario you could still charge him <laughs> and in tennessee i'm sure I'm sure there's no limit. I think at one point, I or maybe that's just maybe that's just the way they do I just things. Told, I mean, we Dave and I made our peace, but I I just the thing I told him I'm like I'm going to tell that story for the rest of my life so people know what happened. <laughs> if you were at that show, you witnessed a very special almost brawl oh, in the middle of the. It's one of my favorite stories because I, you know, we went up talking to lots of musicians and people and reminiscing and blah blah blah. And I I always love bringing up the the night that there was almost a fist fight on stage. <laughs> very cool well how are we on time guys i want to be mindful of what you've got going on we've all got places to go not really well, not really right now but <laughs> who's working tomorrow who's got stuff to do you got you got it got, got a couple more minutes i'm working but it's only 8 30 so yeah we're out west so it's it's early okay. right. yeah ryan right. you're the guy who's up late i'm I'm the night owl. It's fine. <laughs> I, that's, that's never changed. <laughs> Midnight's at, at four in the morning at Kinko's in Franklin, Tennessee. That's where I, uh, that's where I earn my chops for sure. So, usually with you doing, you know, flyers for shows and that kind of stuff. So, well, okay. I want to do a little game of word association. I'm going to throw a phrase out and I want to see what your response is. Sound yeah. good? I will eventually. There's a couple more questions okay, we talked well, about earlier. Should, should we answer the, like, you want all of us to give an answer? Each of us? Oh, uh, yeah. As as the answer comes should to we, mind, feel free. I'm going to say the word in band. In a certain order band. so that we're not talking over each other. Rick, Russ, Matt. Yeah, that's a good idea. Let's do that. Yep. Sure. Yeah, that sounds good. That sounds good. Alphabetical? Yeah. <laughs> no, that's enough. You're a lawyer, right? <laughs> in, Ontario, in, Ontario, in Ontario, that's alphabetical. There's no school. <laughs> All right. I'm going to say band pranks. <laughs> Uh, is it so this is me you want me to remember a band prank i just want to know what comes to mind i there's a couple you told me on the road on the squint tour that i loved but i don't want to i don't want to share them with you or or take them away from you that's what i'm trying to say i knew there was a lot going on on that i'm trying to my i mean my mind instantly goes to the we had kind of a prank war going on with rhythm and news (laughs) on a on a rhythm and news tour okay and um I'll just I'll I'll tell one quickly because I think there's some better ones and hope Russ and Matt can tell them. But I think one of my favorite ones was after a series of other pranks, um, Rhythm and News uh, left a rat in our bathtub at GMA. A real one, Stouffer, and oh. a real rat with a can oh. of food. 
and um and we kept and uh it was, so we got a rubber, like a merch bin rubber made we emptied it out and we had this rat in our hotel room for the week um and we were feeding it the food and giving it the, the stouffer and and then yeah at the stouffer um and then i don't know what where matt and dave went russ because you would it was just me and you flying do you remember this oh yeah and uh so it's just russ and i flying out of yep. out of nashville um or russ and me flying out of nashville and we had this rat and we get to the airport and we still don't have a plan we're like what are we gonna do with this rat so we so we get to the big you remember the big planners ryan out in front of the oh yeah yeah airport there yeah, on the yep. archer terminal so we kind of like go up to the railing and we're like oh there's like a you know some sort of bush there in the planter so we dump out the can of food and we like let the rat go into the planter <laughs> and then we just go into the into the airport and as we're walking into the airport um and it was literally like right out of uh um the you know born mm-hmm. identity uh i think i think one of us had like a, a red hat or something on and we're walking and you hear this police officer go like hey guys and we're like not talking to us we're keep walking just keep walking, walking. it's like hey hey guys and then like no not talking to us you in the red hat <laughs> we're like oh so we turn around <laughs> and there's two cops and they're do you remember this russ oh we totally up, and we get up to the cop and we're just thinking like oh man we're so busted for letting this rat go i don't know why <laughs> and the cop's like did you drop this and he had a watch he's like it looked like i thought one of you guys dropped this and we're like uh nope nope not our watch and uh anyways and that, sorry so that's you were you were willing not, to resist arrest <laughs> oh my gosh yeah i was so scared um but in a foreign country that's, to get that's just a small that's just a small snippet of of the remainders of a prank that rhythm and he's pulled on us but wow matt and russell have much better prank stories i'm sure uh mine would just be with true for you okay uh, true for you I, I, I love how wow you reached back I, on that one i like that I love how like situations or whatever, anything in your life, you can, phrases can come out of situations and you end up saying these phrases for the rest of your life. <laughs> but with them, uh, and I don't remember the guy's name, uh, but when we, when we first met to start some tour, it was just the one guy from True For You and we decided to prank him. So we're, we're going to have this meeting and talk about the tour. And at the end, when we say, let's pray, we were all just going to whip off our shirts and then <laughs> huddle up. And so this guy had no idea. And when we, so we did that, we, you know, we got to the end of the meeting and it's, let's pray. We whipped off our shirts and he just looked around and I remember him saying, oh, oh no, oh no, homie, don't play that game. That was his big thing. <laughs> right. oh, homie, don't play that game. That's right. <laughs> so I like to use that phrase nice. and, and think of that. That is good. That is good. Okay. Um, so the one that, that I'm thinking of as the end of the DC talk tour um after they pranked us um with stealing our last song um so we had a we had one road guy with us and his name was paul and he was our roadie and he his job was at the end of our i remember paul yeah yeah Yeah, that's ox paul schroeder yeah yeah we called him ox but i'm gonna call him paul yeah yeah so he had to clear our stuff off the stage super fast. It was a 15-minute turnaround, and DC Talk needed seven of those minutes to set up their stuff. So he had <laughs> seven minutes to get our stuff off the stage. And Denny, the road manager of, of DC Talks, wanted it off the stage and 
packed away in the bus before DC Talk started their set. And uh, and Denny had also said to Paul, hey, I'm super impressed with the 10 shows we've done with you. And we're looking for roadies on our Cross America tour. And I'm considering offering you a job. And this was also part of the prank. And Denny goes, mm-hmm. I, show me less than 10 minutes for a stage clear tonight. And you've got a job. <laughs> and so this was all part of the prank. He already had the job. Um, and so we uh, we hid everything on him. Like we, <laughs> like he had the keys to the to the bus uh, were on a lanyard, and I believe we tied the lanyard to a chair, like like with a hundred knots. And 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 Russ's drum cases were strewn all over the back of like mm-hmm. in the bleachers behind the stage. And so the show ended and we got off stage and Paul just beamed on stage as fast as he could. He's going to get this done in seven minutes record time. And he goes to throw the drums in the cases and they're not where they're supposed to be. And then he sees one over there and one over there and he's like freaking out. And he finally gets the drums packed up and runs to the bus and the keys are tied to the bus. And he's like undoing these knots, just so mad. And it was a 17 minute turnaround. And Danny Keatsman was sitting there tapping his watch. And he was so mad at us afterwards. And then Danny came in and was like, what was that? That was the worst turnaround ever. I believed in you. I thought you were good at your job, but that was the worst. And Paul looked at us and he goes, you guys are idiots. And then, and then Danny <laughs> let him in on it. It was all a big joke. And Danny was in on it. And then Paul was... I don't know if he ever really forgave us. <laughs> and A, A, that was his livelihood. <laughs> and B, no, I, yeah. Paul worked hard. I remember, you know, like when you said Ox, it's like, oh, I remember Ox. Oh, yeah. Ox worked hard. So it's kind yeah. of, it's, it's a perfect. And break. he did really well. Like he went on to, he went on to uh, work with DC Talk for That's that next thought, tour. Yeah. And then he became, uh, yeah, he became a road, a road guy for, uh, um, the Newsboys for that's years. Right. Yes, that's that's where I would see him at uh, Newsboys shows around uh, Detroit. Yeah, no, that's that's hilarious because I know his work ethic, <laughs> and I and I know how seriously yeah. he that took it. That was his yeah. big break, yeah, he right? Took it very seriously. Yeah, he was he was his first his first foray into the music industry was roadieing for us, which is a nothing <laughs> job, and then he had this opportunity for the big time, and you then a wrench you know, right in it. we we that, played him on that one. Break. <laughs> very yeah. cool all right i'm going to use the phrase border crossing oh, <laughs> oh dude. i figured i would get that reaction we can move on if you, oh. we can move on if you that was with, not. that was no because that that was the worst one ever yes, the, yeah. detroit um at the ambassador yes, or whatever it's ambassador called. bridge what's the bridge yeah i remember, yeah. Yeah. Do you remember that one yeah oh yeah i do remember that yeah, oh we gosh. we can move on if you want. That 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 is a sore spot. <laughs> uh, and and honestly, those were those were the days. They were such a crapshoot. Border crossings, you, you never yeah. knew, right? Like, if you got a border guard who knew what they were doing and you handed them the you correct the paperwork, manifest. which we always had the yep. correct paperwork. Most of the time, it was like you know, oh yeah, you got your paperwork. Here's your visas are filled out. Good, have a great mm-hmm. trip. But then you get some guy who was on a power trip who didn't know the rules, and it was just six hours later. Yeah. Can we go now? Uh, 
can I have my, my stuff back? Can I can it, I put my pants back on? It's oh. not quite a border crossing story, but my favorite story I tell is of we're flying out of Vancouver, and um, the dog and police officer come up and they're going up and down the line, and the dog sits down beside Matt and <laughs> singles out Matt. And we always had a rule with the band that, like you know everyone keep moving it's it's much easier to get one person to a gig than it is you know, mm. all four so so we you know matt matt gets taken away by this cop and we're like uh okay well we'll, we'll keep going and we get on the plane and the plane's about to leave and matt's not there so we figured we, we've lost matt for sure but matt you can tell the rest of the story because this is my that's why it's not quite a border crossing but it's one well of my favorite it is a border thing. crossing yeah it's i guess not in the so, bus yeah. but yeah so so the the drug dog decided that i smelled like drugs and so I got pulled into uh, into questioning, right. and uh, and the guy, the border, like the security guy or whatever they're called, he's like, "So apparently you smell like marijuana," and I'm like, "I, I I'm not a smoker. I don't do drugs, right. so yeah. I don't know why." And he was convinced I was lying. Yeah. And and so he got all my gear and he started taking it apart, screwdrivers to the rack gear that I had, and taking everything apart taking apart everything and looking inside it, mm. squeezing out my toothpaste, everything. And and I'm like, I'm going to miss my flight. And he goes, tough. Wow. So I said, you know what? I, I'm the only guy who has the phone number and the address of the venue. And I can see my bandmates right over there. Could, could you just give them this piece of paper? He goes, doesn't work that way, son. I'm like, but... They don't know where to go. They're going to land in Chicago and not know where to go. And he goes, nope, sorry, doesn't work that way. And uh, so so then I kind of resigned myself to, to missing my flight. And uh, and he says to me, um, uh, I'm not finding anything in your gear, but uh, we may need to take you downtown for a full body search. I'm like, really? Okay, <laughs> let's do this. <laughs> Um, so I was just like, great, let's go full body search. Uh, I've always wanted to experience that. <laughs> and, uh, and then about a minute later, the dog and another guy came in and the dog was just like super excited. And the guy they brought in was super arrogant and he was doing the, you can't do this. I have rights. <laughs> and, and I'm just watching this guy go down in flames going, oh, dude, shut mm -hmm. your mouth. This is not the time to be swearing and being yeah. arrogant. And uh, and the guy who was looking at my stuff started salivating at the fact that they had a live one. And I was quite <laughs> obviously, compliant. I heard him say to that guy, he goes, he goes, I'm sure the guy does drugs, but he's too cocky. He doesn't have anything on him. So he just pushed my gear at me and said, get the hell out of here. <laughs> and he walked over to help with the other guys. And I'm like looking at my watch going, I got seven minutes to get on that flight and everything is apart. Like everything's unscrewed and and I just threw it in the box and put the lid back on going, I hope this makes it to Chicago. And I ran and I got on the flight. Wow. My favorite part, though, that you, uh, was when they first brought you in and they're like, um, you know, what do you think we brought you in here for? And you're like, I don't know. And, you, and the guy said, uh, what do you think our dog smelled on you? And you go, my cat? <laughs> yeah, my cat. I got a cat. And then he goes, he goes um, well, you know what? Uh, cat sniffing dogs are really cheap. This one is a really expensive dog. 
We spent a lot of money on this Trained dog. Him well. He shouldn't be detecting cats. I, <laughs> I, I, okay. I was doing a show back at that theater where you guys played, and it was T-Bone. The uh, yeah. rap guy, ah, the T-Bone. I was going to ask about Dave Kirby, but we'll ask later. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was going to say his name anyway. So, <laughs> yeah, Dave Kirby, who who didn't manage T-Bone much longer after that. Like, it was probably months that uh, they parted ways. Ah. Uh, I actually, I mean, GMA story, I ran into T-Bone, like, probably oh, last time I was there, 10 years ago, when there was still a GMA. And uh, I ran into him in the hallway, and I went, hey. And, like, I didn't recodize him because he's lost, like, 150 pounds, and he's he's bodybuilder built now uh oh, man. he's like hey ryan i'm like hey i don't know oh my gosh it's t-bone anyway t-bone's manager dave kirby it, 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 you said the name i'm glad you remembered i uh was doing him a favor while he was staying in windsor for a couple of days and i he had a, a relative in detroit so i drove him across the border to go to detroit Uh-oh. a favor i said dave and I, I didn't know him very well at that point I said, Dave, if you could just take your sunglasses off, that'd be great because they're going to they're gonna ask you to do it if you don't. I'm American. I don't have to do it. Oh, this isn't going to go well. <laughs> so <laughs> so we get up to the, the border, and he's an American coming back into America. And I said, yeah. and they asked questions, and they asked him, well, why are you here? What are you doing? And going to see a relative. By the fourth question, he stopped, and he said, what is this, Russia? Oh. <laughs> And it just goes downhill from there. It just goes. And again, my my thinking was, I cross this border almost twice, three times a week. I don't need to have my, you know, and I made it very clear to the officer when I walked in, like, I don't know this guy very well. Like, whatever he says from this point, I like being able to cross the border. But that was, what is this Russia was the nicest thing he said. And then it just kind of kept going. And somehow, miraculously, they let him through. But he was, it was, it was like, I will never take anybody I don't know well (laughs) across the border ever again. Cause (laughs) I, I like, I like crossing the border, but yeah, I I have no problem dropping his name. Cause that was a story that I, when I teach, I tell how not to act at the border. And certainly what is this Russia is probably not the the best phrase you want to use at an international border. So when it was easier to get through. Little, little, little tidbit, the Russ, you remember this are the very first time it must've been like. Was it, I don't know, 91, 92? The very first time we went to Nashville, um, the, the very first time was just Russ uh, and myself went. Hmm. And one of the first people we ever met and became friends with was T-Bone. Yep. It's a good person to know. Solid guy. Yeah, him and, uh, was co- no, um, what was his, what was his partner's name back then? Ooh, not coffee or soda pop. No, mm. it was a beverage. Yeah, I think it was soda pop. Well, soda pop ended up being a dancer for DC Talk, right? Is that is that the same guy? Is that the same? Is that coffee? Mm. Well, no. There, sorry, there was a T Bone that was part of Grits. So there was T Bone, the the the, um, the the redeemed hoodlum. Yeah, no, that's who I'm talking about. Um, yeah, that's it. And then there was the other guy was T Bone too, or Tyrone, but they called him T Bone. Yeah, there was yeah, because that was yeah, Tyrone. There was coffee, and was yep, was Soda Pop part of the? And that's that's Grits. I think Soda Pop was one of the dancers, right? From Grits for DC Talk. I'm getting them mixed up. This is so long ago. Anyways, T Bone's great. 
Yes. T-Bonus. He, he's great. Next word. <laughs> like, hey, hang like on. Frosted Flakes. Hey, Matt, I think you somehow with clever editing, we got to go back to your story to for you to be able to explain why would the dog have potentially smelled drugs on you? Oh, oh that's right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. is there more? I, I did eventually figure it out why my, my I would maybe smell like drugs. <laughs> they totally didn't buy my explanation because it took me like 30 minutes to get to it. Um, right. Uh, I lived in a two-level condo. And the people downstairs from me uh, were pot smokers, and uh, they would often smoke pot in their laundry room, and it would come up the shared uh. dryer chute. And so then the clothes, if you left your clothes in the dryer, they would smell like pot. Right. So I had, was wearing a sweatshirt that I had washed that last night, and in the morning opened up my dryer and put it on and gone to the airport. Didn't, so like, didn't think twice about it. No, I didn't think advice about it because the laundry room always smelled like pot. That's just how it smelled. <laughs> just, just the way it was. <laughs> Lessons yeah. to learn. Check your clothes before you cross the border. Even, even yeah. more so now because we have illegal over in Canada, but not in Michigan or not in, you know, not in certain states. So yeah. there are, you know, there are certainly people that are getting caught for something that's totally legal over here, but they've got residue in their car. So, you know, kids as a safety tip, uh, clean out your car. It's nice. We got to do kind of, we got to do kind of a public service safety announcement right there, kids. Well, yeah. right now, don't cross the border at all. That's the other thing, but another story. Yeah, which yeah. leads me into which leads me into the next question. You are all creative people uh, from as long as I've known you. How do you stay creative? We've got this kind of anomaly in time. Uh, some have called the Great Pause. Uh, how are you staying creative and motivated uh, during this uh, very interesting time we're experiencing? Uh, I'm feeling, I don't know. It's interesting. I'm feeling very lucky because it's, it's been really busy. I, um, I, I still write music mm -hmm. and have a, a studio and, um, and I blessed to, I still do a lot of music with Russ. Um, and, uh, so I haven't, aside from projects that, that I had coming up that have been postponed and canceled, I do a lot of, uh, uh, music writing and sound design for theater now. Okay, and, uh, that all of that's that's paused. So for you working uh, at, working at home is is normal. Yeah, that's yeah. I'm I'm definitely kind of like Matt was talking about. I'm. This hasn't been a huge. Uh, I spent so many hours just alone in the studio. This hasn't been um, uh, too big a blow. I'm starting to notice it now after a month. Sure, it's nice to see some other people. But um, anyway, so I I feel so blessed to to stay uh creating and i mean just earlier today russ and i were sharing files and working on music and um and there's still albums coming out and um so that's you know not a not a ton's changed on that end for me at least i'm really really blessed mm -hmm. yeah i think on my end i mean I, I work at a a camp i work at a christian camp and so we're preparing for summer because we want to be ready in case we're able to run 
a normal summer, but uh, yeah. we, of course we don't know. We don't know how it's going to pan out, which is kind of making us also think creatively and going, okay, if in the end we can't have campers on site, Zoom can we do? Yeah, really. <laughs> you know, Zoom you got camp. all these. You got all these options now with technology and live streaming. So there's yep. figuring that out um, and that takes time and effort to just get that all working. But then even once that stuff is working to go like, okay, you got the technology now and here's what you could do. But then what's, what's the content? If you, the content? If you had yeah. to run a summer camp online, you know, what would you do? What would actually benefit people? And so it's just trying to be creative and um, figure out what plan B might be. Right. It's like rethinking how we do camp and how can we deliver yep. something to them that's going to be close to the experience or the essence of the experience. So you're having to kind of reshape the experience, you know, in your creative planning. Totally. Yeah. I, 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 yeah, yeah. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. Um, okay. So I, I'm assuming you're done. I'm not interrupting you, am I, Russ? Oh, no, yeah. No, no. Matt, Matt, how about you, Matt? Oh, okay. You? Thanks, Matt. Rob. <laughs> um, I, I have. Why uh, don't you tell us what movie you want to see? <laughs> you Rochelle, just tell Rochelle, me the movie. That is not play, that is not playing right now. <laughs> uh, Sorry, go there, ahead, Matt. Uh, please. Many, many little bits and bits of creativity in my life. I don't have like one. Like when I was in Hocus Pick, it was music. Um, yeah, uh, I find myself desperately needing creative out outlets and sometimes having to sit myself down and saying self you need to do something creative because you're dying inside um and i've i've found uh a couple things that i really enjoy um and that is uh it sounds weird but renovating my cabin um i yes. have I have been doing it with my son for the last three years, all summer long, because I try not to work much in the summer. And uh, I've mm -hmm. thoroughly enjoyed the creative outlet of creating a space. Um, and the parameters I put on myself are um, I can only use recycled goods. And, oh, and wow. I completely love what I make. Um, I'm not the best carpenter. But uh, I like I don't know I I really enjoy it and you, you, you can find you find joy in yeah. how you're putting it and, together and yeah yeah finding the materials and researching it and the and the limited um, working within the confines and in a way it's kind of like music right with music you have confines that you have to work with in order to create a song you're you're in a time signature and you have only twelve notes find a way to use those to make it look different sound different than that song you wrote last week um yeah so i really like the the confined create like here i have this thing that i found in the lane that someone was throwing out how can i take this and turn it into something that will be a wow factor in my cabin so i really enjoy that and i love it when people come into my cabin and go oh my gosh that is so cool that's a used what's a what, right? And I'm like, yeah. And they're like, oh, I would have just thrown that out. That's so cool like that. So I really enjoy that. Um, and also I, I find that uh, in my work, there's a fair amount of creativity. Like, I mean, I, I work as a t-shirt printing and embroidery is, is my thing. And I've got about 20 staff. Although now I actually only have three staff 
thanks to COVID. But um, there's there's always creative uh, stuff happening around me, and and like music, uh, I'm not the strongest artist, but I'm smart enough to surround myself with really amazing talent. And so I'm working with, like, I have a, a young lady working for me who is uh, redesigning my website right now. And she's just, in, this is her first real gig. She's 19. She's so good. And so I just really enjoy being the senior person who's able to say to her over and over and over again, you're doing such a good job. This is great. This is great. And then kind of, you know, the teaching role, really enjoying that. Um, but and also there's a creative side to leadership that I didn't think I I don't think I realized mm-hmm. existed till about five years ago. That if you lead if you lead people with a creative edge to your leadership style, it's far more uh what's the word? I think inclusive. I think people feel like they're part of something if you lead creatively. And they're more excited to be involved, especially if you're leading creative people, if you leave creatively. So being creative and And I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm sorry, go I, ahead. I'm going to draw, I'm going to draw the parallel to Hocus Pick of when, as a band, you were able to make people feel like they were part of what you yeah. were doing. The audience, when the audience attended your show, they weren't spectators. They were on their feet. They were, you know, having a good time. You know, they were made to think at different points. Uh, you know, certainly as long as like no conversation with the images you use, and that kind of stuff that would make you say, what am I doing? How can I do yeah. this better? Whatever it is. And, cha- and challenging. But your audience were, were participants more than they were just casual observers yeah. to what you were doing. So I think I, I see the parallels in exactly what you're saying. The idea yeah. of allowing people to have some ownership in what they're doing. They, they owned you in, in many ways, right? They were your band or you were yes, their band. Agreed. Yeah. And I don't think I understood the, the creative leadership thing until maybe five years ago um, when I, when hmm. I was not doing it very well. And then somebody mentored me and said, you're a creative guy. Why do you lead so non-creatively? I'm like, uh, what? So that's been a fun and journey. So how long have you had the t-shirt company? Right after Hocus Pick, uh, 20 years. I'm in my 21st year. 21st year. If somebody wanted to find your company, what would they, how would they find it? Uh, they would go to getbold.com. G-E-T-B-O-L-D. Oh. Yeah. Oh, get getbold.com. That sounds really easy to find. Yeah. Not get old. No. And not get no, bald. Not get old. Or not, not get, get bald. bald get, <laughs> get bold. Russ, you have a camp. What is there a way that people can find your camp? Uh, yeah, the name of the camp is Camp Quanos with a Q. And if you want to find it online, it's qwanoes.ca. And of course, lastly, Rick, is there a way, do you want people to find you? <laughs> I'm, I'm, no. <laughs> um, I'm guarding my privacy, no. Especially I, not the CRA. No, I, exactly. That's right. They better not be listening. I don't no. exist. No. That's um, not who hired. That's not who hired me under the pretense of a podcast to ask uh, a lot of questions. I good, think good. it was Dave. <laughs> um, I don't have any sort of presence web-wise or Instagram-wise or anything of note. Um, but you could just you know look for uh, Rick Calhoun, and you know something will pop up. 
cool. <laughs> you're you're all very musically inclined. Is there any artist that you found recently that uh, either you discovered since the lockdown or you have been championing championing for a while? Championing, that's the word, for a while. Is there an artist or maybe a TV show or something that you that you enjoy share make money from? I don't know. Uh, let's go in the same order. Rick, go. Oh, the same order. Oh. <laughs> um, I music is it's kind of all over the place. I don't have any one thing I'm jonesing on right now. Uh, um, the I and then TV wise, I think I put in that in that uh, questionnaire. There's a German game show called Catch that is just hilarious and it's kind of like it's like a summer camp it's like a game show made up of summer camp games it's it's um i find it compelling and we'll just watch it on youtube and then better call Saul. i will i will find i'll find it and link it then yeah for sure and better call saul better call saul it's fantastic are you all caught up i am can't wait for tomorrow night <laughs> yeah it is tomorrow night yeah i it's that's one of those things where my wife is breaking bad she's watched now that she finished for the second time uh last week and I only watch when Saul's on screen. I just, I, I like the minor characters on that show who are now all on Better Call Saul, but I, I can't get into. But she, Breaking does she Bad watch for... Be, uh, Better Call Saul? Oh, yes. Okay, yeah, good, good, yeah, good. Yeah. Yeah. So, were you a Breaking Bad guy too? Yeah. Yeah, I did. I enjoyed it. Okay. Yeah. 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 I've tried to like, I love Cranston, but I, I just, I, I don't get it. No, I, like, I, don't, I, like, I, like, I just don't like him. I like Better Call Saul better. <laughs> it's a better show, I think. Yeah, I do. Yeah. I agree. Who's next? That'd be me. Russ, I guess, gets to go. I, I right, think, um, you know, I was just talking with someone yesterday, um, uh, a guy whose who's wife is pregnant and then she's due in like two weeks. And he asked me, he's like, got any advice for new parents? And I, I told him like, well, uh, one thing we did, we, we listened to certain music all around, like when our kids were born, because we knew, we know the power of music and we knew that in the rest of our lives, when we hear that music, we're going to remember this circumstance so i told him like pick an album and just keep listening to it over the next two three weeks and there's your soundtrack and all that and i i just found over the last month when all this weirdness is going on in the world i've been listening to the beatles mm. i just keep listening to the beatles nice. and uh i mean it's such nice. great music and i i know a lot of the beatles already but i don't know all their stuff and so it's, I mean, it's hopeful music and it's great. And it's going to be interesting to uh, listen to the Beatles in 10 years and go, oh, yeah. Remember that whole pandemic? It's all coming back. <laughs> <laughs> Here comes the sun. <laughs> wow. Nessina, I've, in the last five years, I've gone to the solo stuff after the Beatles and Ooh. really dug into and George Harris and stuff. And, and uh, except for Ringo, I still can't. Sorry. <laughs> uh, I love Ringo. I love Ringo as part of the Beatles, and uh, but uh, Ringo's the only one where I'm like, mm, I'm not there yet. But maybe, maybe I'm not. Maybe I'm not emotionally and uh, intellectually there. But uh, George Harrison and Lennon, in particular, the really obscure stuff, I just love. Now that solo stuff love. is that stuff you already know? Or are you are you discovering it kind of for the first time? <sighs> discovering it for the first time, I found a lot of George Harrison stuff on vinyl in the last uh, two years, and. I really like yeah. it. I really, yeah, I like, I like where he was going. Are you, you're a vinyl collector, right, Ryan? I, you know, I scaled down about, I still have the clear, uh, was it uh, Bye Bye yeah. Bye? 
which was there was a clear vinyl. I still have that. So that that stays in the collection forever. So, you know, uh, but so because I think that's what's going to pay for one of my kids. Weddings. <laughs> Eventually, I'm, I'm going to go online and I'm going to say I have a copy, a clear vinyl copy of Hocus Picks single. And that will set it. It won't get so you I'm much happy about that. It but, won't get you much because I can see one in the room I'm in right now. <laughs> <laughs> but if you during during this pandemic though the value has increased significantly check the numbers my friend check the numbers uh so no i yeah i scaled down my collection about seven years ago and then i will selectively find you know like beatles like there's certain things like dave brubeck albums i would love to own all 100 112 of them yeah but i know i i've probably got 30 and i probably won't, won't find any anytime soon but uh, so I now I'm a little more selective about what I bring in and, well, and what I, you know, what I was going to say was Russ, Russ, uh, the, the camp that he he's the music leader at. Um, they have a great, mm. really cool music program. And I've been super lucky to, to get to uh, help Russ and work on the music there, too. And um, it's been 25 years doing albums for Camp Quanos and we're. Really, oh yeah, yeah. and 25 years amazing yeah and they're releasing a best of vinyl uh this summer wow very nice and who's pressing that is that is somebody on the canadian side or yes or can i not i can't disclose that sorry it's an undisclosed location we you know the, the honest <laughs> the honest to goodness dream would have been third man but it's the shipping is just so expensive <laughs> shipping yeah that's yeah that's what i understand i have the benefit of if I leave my house right now, I could be at third man in 12 minutes. That's insane. Ooh. And sometimes, and sometimes I just go hang out there. Like, it's just like I, security probably wants me to leave. They have, if you, do you know about the third man in Detroit? Yes. At all? Yeah. Oh yeah. I read about it in popular mechanics and I knew it had opened like six months before and I knew, I knew it was coming. And I read this article and I went, we're, we're going to Detroit anyway. I said to my wife, can we just pop in there and see? And it's, it's, Willy Wonka for adults for for audiophiles. Yeah, it is it is magical. There's a stage where they can press right from the stage. There's the full plant in the back, and you can. I every time I go, I take pictures of it as if it was the first time I've been there. And they here's here's what they're pressing this week. It is it is magical. It is Willy Wonka. That's the only way I can describe it. So I yeah, I like. I never thought about it, Russell. If we could get Ryan to pick up the vinyls, maybe. You I can, can do it. You can just drive it once over. Once this is all over. Once this is all over. <laughs> yeah, once, yeah, once you're allowed to go there again. <laughs> once I'm allowed, yeah. That was that was the one where it was like, I won't be able to go to the third man for a while. That was my big, you know, my serious problem. But yeah, that, you know, that is a possibility because you do have a connection uh, on this side of the world. Hmm. And, and a place, you know, I've got, I've got U.S. Uh, mailing address as well. So, Oh, man, you're useful. It, it could happen. It could happen. Well, thank you. <laughs> it's only no, taken about 25 well, years to figure that out, but no, I, I do you know have some I, use. I would have kicked myself if we'd finished this without saying it. Um, uh, and if we never did, I, I hope uh, I hope we did. But thank you, Ryan. I mean, for t taking chances on us and encouraging us and being supportive of us and being a friend and a, and a, and a you know, uh, you, you were always on our side. You're always rooting for us and you were always taking every opportunity to try to help us. And, uh, we, we were so blessed by s so many good promoters, um, and good friends. And, you know, for no matter how tenacious and persistent we were as a band, we couldn't have done it, uh, without the right people coming into our lives. And you were definitely one of them. 
and always will be there. There are times when there's years between when we, you know, haven't connected, we're always kind of staying in touch online, but we are like-minded. And that's, that's part of the reason I was drawn to your band. And of course the live show and what, and watching the reaction of the audience and watching, like I said, that, that we're going to make it happen for the people that are here. And we're not going to complain about the 40 more that should have been here. Uh, I, I value that very highly. And I believe that that's rewarded over time for sure. So yeah, we are, I, I believe we're very like-minded. So it's been a good, it's been a good relationship from where I stand and I'm happy to do whatever I can do to champion what you guys are doing. So thank you very much. Thank you, man. Yeah. Okay. Thanks, man. If somebody's never heard Hocus Pick song in their life, what one song would you recommend? And I will leave with that. Uh, well, I'm so happy. I know you are, but what song would you choose? Oh, uh, where's Dave? <laughs> Who's on first? <laughs> Who's on first? <laughs> Sorry, you, you would you would go with "I'm So Happy"? I I think so. I mean, it's Very just cool. a it's a hit. It's a hit. It's a hit. Yeah, and since you took "I'm So Happy," I would say "I'm So Happy" as well. And then if I did take the runner up, it'd be Sofa Logic. Okay. Oh, I'm gonna go with the bye 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 off the brothers album mm, yeah 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 you did that video before you two did discotech i really think somebody owes you something because there are a lot of similarities you were you were what 94 with that discotech didn't come out till 97 i want you to go and watch bye 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 and then i want you to watch discotech and you tell me you tell me uh-huh. that there wasn't yeah, some we- kind of a what's the what's the line is the, the poet and the thief what's the line from kiss me kill me Oh, every every, uh, every artist every is a poet. Hero, every poet, every artist every, is a poet. Every, every no, every artist is a hero. Every poet is a thief. Every poet is a thief. That's the line that they use to justify oh, taking and then they, elements then they kill, of your video. They kill inspiration and then sing about the grief. Do uh, they? Oh, that's you should write that down. That's really good. No, I that's like that. that's that's the next line. That's from the next line. <laughs> oh, never mind. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that may not but fly. Since, since they an, stole from us, I'll steal from them. Sure. And an honorable well, they said. song honorable mention for me would be, I believe, uh, the chance every time I hear Russ Smith's voice and uh, um, Rich Mullins singing together, it's just that's another one of those moments. And I loved finding the video of Rich on stage with you guys. Like there's, have you seen it on YouTube? Yeah, yeah, at Creation. At Creation, yeah, yeah. At, that was at that. Hershey, at Hershey uh, Park. Yeah, yeah. Every every couple months, I will throw that on and just watch it again because there was such a. It, I mean, to me, you're the guys that I remember are on stage. Like that's that's who you were and that's who you are, and and to have Rich just kind of walk out quietly and and do that song, which I've of all of his songs, that's always been my favorite. Uh, step by the, step. The best part, and then I believe, of course, the best part about that clip, if you watch it carefully, um, the camera follows kind of Matt and Rich and and um, walking off stage, and I, I don't remember what was being said, but you watch and Rich is just killing himself laughing, uh-huh. and the audience, yeah. you can't hear the audio because they don't have crowd mics up, but the crowd's still singing, uh, step by step, yeah, and it was just this beautiful moment, and Rich is just like belly laughing he's telling us some jokes yeah like like head back laughing yeah it's such a beautiful moment 
Yeah. Yeah. That really is. Well, I'll make sure I post that as well for sure. Uh, and make sure people can find that very easily. Well, fellows, thank you so much. Uh, thank you for taking the time again, as the, 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 uh, the recommendation was you won't know until you ask. I approached you guys and asked you if you would sit down and talk about these stories and share some of these road stories and some of the lessons you learned over the years and you delivered. So I appreciate that. I want to thank you guys for being people in my neighborhood. Right back at you, Ryan. Thanks for having thank us, Ryan. Thank you very much. Yeah, absolutely. All thank right. So much. Stay safe and we will talk to you soon. All righty. Bye. Slippery, let me handle it for you.